Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, not only did we have Alex here with Cavallo to talk about how actionable intelligence can optimize your supply chain processes, the industry shift to back to basics and how Cavallo helps a key customer improve their distribution cycle time and increase sales and cash flow, I also had another amazing, unforgettable panel on Blended. Our 23rd episode, can you believe it? We discussed the rise of discrimination against the people people in the Asian community. I know things like this are hard to talk about, but that's why Blended is around. I want to bring folks together to talk about the things that are hard so that we can create real change in our workplace, inspired by real people and their very real journeys. If you missed either one of these uplifting and informative conversations, don't worry. You can tune in on your own time via Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can also watch our podcasts and live shows on YouTube. If you're a visual person like me, subscribe and turn on notifications on whatever platform you want so you can catch up with every single episode. And so Cavallo was episode 282 and Blended was 283. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O dot com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Alrighty, my friends, it's about time to dive into today's episode, which is a super fun one. It's different than our usual Let's Talk Supply Chain episodes, and it's one of our most viewed on YouTube. So I hope you didn't cheat and look at our YouTube page to see which episode we have for you today. If you did or did not, settle in and get ready, because either way, you're in for 
for a wild ride. Why? Well, I'm handing the wheel over to Hope White, a woman in supply chain who is never about the bullshit. She's with Saritha Willingham, and these two have joined forces to let you in on the secret of creating a blooming minority-owned business, even if there's a global virus. Hope hosts one of our most popular live shows on Let's Talk Supply Chain, aptly named No Bullshipping, which is for those of you in the ocean freight market, global supply chain, trucking industry, drayage, and suppliers who crave an uncensored and upbeat take on the industry. So without further ado, here's Hope and Saritha. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Oh my God. I'm so excited about today's show. Welcome to No Bullshipping with Hope White. I hope that you are tuning in and and have a good place to sit down because today's show and today's guest is going to be phenomenal. But before I announce uh, today's guest, I just want to tell everyone thank you for all the birthday wishes that I received this week. Um, My birthday was on Wednesday. I turned 39. So thank you to all the well-wishers and gifts that I received uh, through social media. Thank you so much. So let me introduce today's uh, guest. She's going to be coming up here. Her name is Saritha Willingham of SJW Logistics out of Atlanta. So let's bring up Miss Saritha Willingham of SJW Logistics. Hi, Saritha. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So welcome to No Bullshipping with Hope White. Now, typically my first two shows, I would cut up a little bit, but I want to be a little bit more refined because I am so excited to have you as our guest. I'm so thankful that you, you know, finally decided to say yes and come in because you bring such a wealth of knowledge and experience to the industry. And I'm really excited about this show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I know how difficult I can be sometimes getting on shows. So I appreciate you for pushing me and giving me the uh, opportunity to, to be up here today and share my knowledge. Sure, sure. So let's jump right into it. So, you know, leading off with that first question, tell us who you are. You know, who's your? what is your company and what is it that you all do? Where are you all located? Sure. So I'm Saritha Willingham. I'm the founder and CEO of SJW Logistics. We are a full service 3PL. So we provide fleet transportation, order fulfillment, and warehousing and storage services. Uh, We're located in Atlanta, Georgia, um, more so in Lithia Springs industrial area right outside of the perimeter of Atlanta. All right. So you in the A. Yes. (laughs) We're going to talk about how you separate yourself from the pack and A, because there's a lot of competitors there in that market. So you're killing it still to, you know, be in that market. So I'm I'm very happy for you. So what areas you told me you were 3PL. So do you have like a specialty area or specialty clientele that you focus on since you've been in the Atlanta market? Um, absolutely. We do. What we try to do is, uh, show customers how we set ourselves apart because, you know, in, co- in competition with the bigger people, they may have more space or they have more trucks. But yeah. what we are able to show in this area with the competition is how we um, we're able to provide a personalized service and dedicated service to that customer so they yeah. can feel like they're getting special one on one attention instead of just being a number to us. So our, our specialty is really that the customer service that we provide. Absolutely. But 
to hone in on specifics with our with our warehousing, we do really well with uh, transloading and cross docking okay. in containers. Okay. So what I'm hearing right there is you don't worry about the rest because you're the best and you specialize. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have my little slogans, <laughs> yes. my little hope-isms, but you specialize in relationships. You customize your services to your customers and what that what they need in that relationship. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with you being in Atlanta, you just talked about that a little bit. You know, everybody else has these very large warehouses, may not be as full or, or could be as full. Um, how difficulty, how difficult was it for you getting started finding warehouse space in Atlanta to suit your customers' needs? Um, well, before when we got started looking for warehouse space, there was actually a good bit of warehouse space when we started about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we did survey our customers to say, hey, if we got into warehousing, what would your need be? How could we help fulfill that? How could we expand? Um, so actually it wasn't as difficult as it is now. I've yeah. uh, been told by the real estate agent that it is extremely difficult when I have customers saying, Hey, I want to expand. Can you give me an additional 20 or 30,000 square feet? And we're like, it's, it's a hot commodity now. That's not happening. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like finding a needle in a haystack right now, looking for any space, uh, in Georgia. Georgia is just expanding so rapidly. I mean, we just can't keep up. Yes. <laughs> So with the, um, and you said something there I want to go back to. I told you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot off some of these questions here. Um, you said before you acquired your warehouse space, you did a survey to see what your clients were wanting to, what they were going to be needing. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. So I have a, a belief in the way I do things of, you know what, let's start the marketing, let's start the research, let's make sure before we make this investment, because um, as a small business, you know, our funding is is not as, as good as it would be if we were a bigger company that's more established. So mm -hmm. before I make this investment, I like to get feedback from my customers and say, hey, if I do this, I know you can't guarantee me anything because you are so, you know, your business is based off the market and market trends, but if yeah. we could, what services could we offer that would be eye-catching or something you would want to continue and expand business with us? Yeah. And from that, you were able to gather that good data and mm -hmm. know what decisions your company need to make based upon your finances. Yes. Because as you say, funding for minority women in this industry is very low. We don't get as much access to capital as most of some of our competitors. So that, that was very good, Sarika. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. So since you since you've done that, have you found access to capital a little bit more easier to obtain since you have the clientele now and you're moving a little further in the business? I can say that I truly have um, more people that are willing to engage in conversations with me. Yeah. But there are still minimum requirements, minimum of two years of service or, you know, something with a minimum to it. That minimum. We yeah. <laughs> But we're making sure that we maintain our financials and continue to grow. So when we do get to that point, we've met the minimum. Yeah, <laughs> we, the minimum. We're prepared to go back to the table and say, now, how can we expand and grow together? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to tell some of our guests, uh, some of our show watchers here. Good morning. So we got quite a few people on this morning. Oh, Saritha, you was hot. They wanted to see Saritha. <laughs> so good morning from Rob to Rob Johnson out of San Diego. What's up, Rob? Stay cool out there. Um, I know you're probably riding a bike now because gas is insane in California. 
Hey, Ajit, good morning. Um, we have Mashab from Algeria. Good morning. Hey, Miss Karen. Miss Karen is watching, Saritha. Hey, Miss um, Karen. <laughs> hey, Kenyat. Good morning. Ajane, good morning. Then we have Samuel for Panama. Thank you to all our guests for watching. If you have any questions for Saritha or myself, please go ahead and put those in the uh, comment section and we'll get to them throughout the show. So going back to our conversation here, Saritha, you said in your answer there, you know, since you first started looking at warehousing, some things changed, the market has changed. So that goes right into my next question. Since you've been in supply chain on your own as a 3PL, what other changes have you noticed throughout supply chain? Maybe in the last six months? Ooh, that we might not have enough time to talk about all the changes <laughs> I've noticed. Um, the one biggest change is uh, the shortage in just parts and supplies. You yes. know, from from a, a parts standpoint, people think you know we having a shortage with automotive and fleet, our yes. semi trucks and everything. But we also have shortages in materials that we need for the warehouse for our yes. customers as well. So that's one of the the big largest things that I've seen a shortage in is the shortage of supplies that we need to be able to maintain our business. Um, yeah. And the next one, which everybody is suffering from, no matter whether you have a business or it's a personal vehicle, is mm -hmm. the price of, of fuel and yeah. gas, you know. Yeah. Um, that really takes a toll on a small business um, right. to, to try to maintain that along with having the parts shortage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us at HD Dredge, we have been kind of, you know, having to cut back on some of the customers that we typically do business with because they're not wanting to be as flexible with the rates um, to accommodate those. And it has affected us tremendously because these are very good customers, very good relationships we have. But unfortunately, we're a small business as well. And we don't have that long line of cash flow or capital to be able to sustain with these gas prices the way that they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we've mm -hmm. had to kind of make some changes there. Yes, and we've had to do the same. And we tell one thing we pride ourselves on with our customers said we know we understand because just like it's a cost to us, it's a cost to you. So how can we <laughs> how, can, how can we find that medium where we all just, you know, keep the cash flowing to survive? <laughs> yeah, because I'm in I'm in this to make money, not lose money. So we got it's gotta be a win-win for the relationship. This can't be one sided, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So moving right along here uh, and I'm reading my questions off my phone, y'all. So forgive me this morning because I'm out of pocket this morning. But um, what if any challenges do you see uh, diverse suppliers face uh, when trying to get attention from the larger competitors or I mean, larger companies, larger customers? Um, so I think I touched on it a little bit earlier is that the larger competitors have minimum requirements. So if we go and say, hey, you know, I know you have a supplier diversity program. We're a diverse uh, supplier in, in the industry and we would love to partner with you. Um, first thing they may say is, well, do you have this much in insurance or do you have this many trucks or do you have this many square feet? So we like, <laughs> no, but if we could partner with you and we can come up with an agreement that works for both of us and show you how our services can make us look like we're just, we have the minimum and beyond, then we can grow into just what you need and have a long-term relationship. So we try to, we try to overcome that by 
by strategically talking about long-term and not short-term what you need up front. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always tell my customers as well, and I, I'm sure you're doing the same thing with a scalable contract or a scalable opportunity. We would certainly make that commitment up front, but if you just want me to have, get that insurance or get these number amount of assets just to have the conversation. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. I say it with a smile on my face, but it would be so much uh, easier and so much more helpful to the supply chain. If these larger companies would recognize that smaller minority diverse businesses will go the extra mile to keep that relationship because we want that opportunity. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> All right. So going a little further into that question, do you have any diverse certifications thus far with SJW? Yes. So um, through the SBA, the new program that we're doing, we have our economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business certification. Okay. We also have our um, woman business enterprise certification as well. And we are working on a couple more certifications um, just so we can stand out a little bit more. Yeah, stand out a little bit more to meet those minimum requirements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I first started, I acquired several different certifications and through WeBank, Women Business Enterprise National Council, and then National Minority Supply and Diversity Council, uh, MBE. Those were very helpful. So good luck with those. I know you're going to get them because you all are killing it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about your services a little bit further with SJW Trucking and Delivery Services. You've had some standout clients there and some of the business that you've been doing. Let's talk about some of those. Yes. So we have been able, what we pride ourselves on, we talk to our clients is that we can give you one invoice. We can pick up your freight from the manufacturer on a semi truck. And we can bring it to our warehouse. We can store it for you. And then when it's ready to ship out, we can ship it out for you as well. And you pay one person. So that has been a great uh, asset to have for us. It yes. is dealt with so many of the clients that we work with. Yes. Um, just being able to say, hey, I can give you one invoice. <laughs> and yes, these, one. this is the total cost. <laughs> that is so profound in logistics and supply chain. And so many of us smaller companies miss that versus having a company over here and a company over there. Companies don't want to deal with that. They want vertical integration, which is what we're going to go into in a minute. And that one influence, girl, that's powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so with that, our our biggest um, service that we've been doing lately is order fulfillment because there are so many, we target small to medium-sized businesses. Uh -huh. And there are so many people that have really great products that are getting into retailers. Right. And they miss out on the logistics of it saying, mm -hmm. oh, I forgot that I had to have it shipped or I forgot that I had to pay to have it stored somewhere when the retailer is not ready for it to come to their distribution center. Yeah. So we come in and help those businesses and tell them, look, we can pick it up. We can store your product. We can, we can even do order fulfillment business mm -hmm. to business or business to consumer. All um, right. So all you have to worry about is continuing to sell for your company and grow your sales and, and just focus on that while we handle the rest for you. That is awesome. I'm so, I'm so happy for SJW. Y'all killing it. <laughs> Thank you. So I want to tell some more people hello. We got quite a few viewers here. So we have Sonia coming out of Maryland. Good morning, uh, Sonia. And then we also have Michelle. Good morning, Michelle, calling out of watching us out of uh, PA. We have Mr. Keith Green. That's one of our star players between <laughs> SJW 
and HD Dredge. We also have, um, per, excuse me if I pronounce this incorrect, Mumpai out of South Africa. That's a good job, Hope, with the country. Um, <laughs> we have Hadi, good morning. And then we have Siva coming out of Chicago. And Carl, good morning. Thank y'all so much for tuning in with us at No Bullshit with Hope White. So I want to go a little further because you hit something else there while you was talking. I don't know if you, you realized it. But with your catered services, being able to do one invoice, um, what was your sole decision around that? Did, did that also, not just necessarily for the relationship with the customer, did that also help SJW with their cost in any way or savings, cost savings? Yes, it did. It helped us because what we found is a lot of customers were asking us anyway, well, if I get this done, can you help me find this? Because a lot of times they don't know and they have to have someone they trust. Trust is yeah. a big thing in this industry. So yeah. we were like, well, we're doing the work anyway, because now we're on the consulting side, finding you a, a provider for this and finding you a, a provider for that to be able to get your product where it needs to go. So, right. you know, we're losing here with with helping you and not yeah. charging you on that. But That's if we right. could just make it easy for you where you didn't have to worry about it since you trust us anyway. Yes. Um, that would help us and help our bottom line as well. Yeah. that Those cost savings are very important to your clients. It's not all about, and I, and excuse my, my saying for what I'm going to say, but it's not all about you hitting your customer across the head because you can, because mm -hmm. those costs eventually get passed along in the supply chain and end up in the stores when we as consumers make our purchases. Exactly. So it's, yeah, so it's very important for us as 3PLs to make sure that we are following that supply chain all the way down and make sure we're doing what's best for the relationship and with the customer and for us ourselves. Yes. And yeah. I actually have an example, if you'll let me share it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have a customer here that sells a food product and okay. he got a deal to go into a, a, a retailer. Okay. And um, they told him he had to get his product shipped to two different locations and mm -hmm. half his product was here half his product was at his co-packer mm -hmm. so he he was like he called me he said i'm gonna have to ship this here and ship ship from the manufacturer to there and some of it's going to chicago some of it's going to south dakota and i was like wait a minute that that's gonna cost you in today's market with all these ltl shipments that's gonna cost you a about $6,000 by the time you finish all that, pick it up and deliver it to those two different places. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let's let's do it this way. Let me see if I can have somebody come pick up at my warehouse first mm -hmm. <laughs> for the mm -hmm. product that you need from there. I'll label it, create your BOLs and all that good stuff. Yeah. Then we'll have them go to your manufacturer, uh, route it that way. Yes. And pick up the rest of the product. Then do the first delivery to that distribution center, then another stop to the final destination. Mm -hmm. And we could do it all for probably like $3,200, half the price. Yeah. He was like, that was a blessing because he thought he was going to have to turn that deal down. He thought yeah. he wasn't going to be able to make it. Um, and, and he was so excited about his contract for that. So if I'm hearing you correctly, what I just heard is SJW got some route plans over there and some solutions for your customers because you understand logistics. Mm -hmm. A lot. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. did you get that opportunity just yet or is it still in the making? Oh, we 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 completed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me.
excuse me. Go ahead on now. Now, listen, if y'all listening, don't just sit here and listen to all this good information. I need y'all to drop some, some questions in here for me and Saritha because she's on fire. And I want to I make sure you get all your, your, your answers to your questions here. So we have some more people that joined us. We have Tara from Virginia. See, I said it right, Tara. I didn't say Tara. We have Nisia. We have Reggie Brown out of Warner Robins. We have um, Hadi's coming in again. He says, good morning, Hope, from British Columbia, Canada. He says he has a company ship up, not .net. Hi. And then also uh, we have Juan joining us from PA this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Miss Karen said that's SJW. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go a little further into our questions here. Um, in your experience, uh, what has been the biggest challenge for your operation, given all of the changes taking place in supply chain slash intermodal and the warehousing sector? We talked about fuel, we talked about supplies, and we possibly talked about cash flow. Are there, out of those three, what is the biggest one you have? Um, the the probably the the biggest one we have is on the the operation side is the being able to hire and maintain um good help to be able to to continue with our vision and our goal of how we want to grow our operations and expand. Yes, yes, yes. That's definitely been one of the challenges in the industry, I think, as a whole. It is very important for these learning institutions to understand the need for skilled labor. Um, there are a lot of supply chain and logistics programs that are coming about um, in different universities and learning institutions. However, they don't give them the on-hand experience, knowledge where we have to retrain them for the processes and procedures that they'll need once they get into our facilities. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, so have you had to use any temp labor uh, with yes. that? Yeah. Yes. We've 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 done a little bit of everything um, from referrals to temp <laughs> services <laughs> to people walking by coming in off the street saying, hey, are y'all hiring? It depends on what skills you have. So we, we've been trying a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, we, we've reached out to the Department of Labor, technical colleges, uh, word of mouth, your friend. Like we're really trying as well to procure and and retain that skilled labor that's needed. Um, I think one of the other challenges that we face in this industry as third parties um, is that once we actually train that skilled labor, keeping them, not getting them yes. to leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For yeah. them to be able to stay, because once they learn, it's it's an invaluable skill that's being taught that yeah. you you're really not going to get by going to the college that hands on experiences everything. Yeah. Absolutely. So once they see that they how powerful they are, once they learn that knowledge, it is that's the big next challenge is retaining them. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, pivoting on and going right into our and they say segueing into our next question, um, <laughs> retaining drivers. Now, I have had the pleasure and HD Dredge has had the pleasure of working with SJW uh, trucking and deliveries drivers. And you have some of the most respectful, knowledgeable drivers out there, period. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, you're my friend, but you have done a phenomenal job. How does SJW do that? 
Thank you. Um, so one thing is I do tell my drivers we have a brand that we're representing and it's not about them, but it's about the whole SJW brand Absolutely. Um, there. And one thing we just do not tolerate is uh, unprofessionalism and disrespect. Uh-huh. Uh, there, So I think that once we onboard them or we train them what the SJW standards and the SJW way is, mm-hmm. they really appreciate that because they feel like, hey, you are treating us like a human and not just a number driving a truck, but you're also letting your customers know these are not just drivers. These are our actual partners to you yes. in delivering your freight or service or whatever service we're providing. Yes. So that way they take pride in, in their job as well. And they appreciate how the customers respond to them and how they get treated. Yes. Yes. And I know that SJW goes above and beyond for service. Mm-hmm. Um, you all have excellent safety ratings. Your trucks are all you know, clean and free of maintenance issues. So I just commend you on that, especially being a minority woman running operation the way that you do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a question for you. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So Nisia says, what's the process for people that have records, i.e. felons, etc.? Does this hinder them from getting into the industry? Actually, no. Um, So that's one thing. That's a great question. That's one thing I tell people that, you know, the good thing about logistics, there's so many different lines of businesses under supply chain and logistics that you're not limited to what you can do and what you you can get into with there because a lot of things don't require you to be, um, you know, as you say, have a, a record free or a clean record is yeah. um, just as long as you can meet the standards, uh, pass it, for instance, and get your CDL, as long as mm-hmm. you meet the standards, safety standards and get your CDL and operate a commercial vehicle where you won't harm others. If yeah. your background won't affect you from that, you can have a really nice career um, doing yes. that. Yes. This is one of the industries where um, felons can find a great living here um, and be in scale um, and also be company owner. So this is that that is great about that's one one of the great things about trucking that it allows felons to be um, a good, you know, citizen to society. Yes. All right. So um, I got a question for you and I I don't want you to expand too much because I know how we both are about this. (laughs) But what does the next three years look like for SJW? The next three years, um, we're we're hoping to not only stabilize with all the different lines of business that that we've created, but we we want to grow further to expand um, into warehousing. We would like a larger warehouse. We would like more uh, semi trucks, owner operators um, on the uh, fleet as well. And then we would like to grow our internal um, back office staff. We would like to have uh, uh, operations there where we can have a full service team, um, internal and external. Yes. Okay. And do you want to speak on SJW offering training and consultation services now? Yes. So we have recently expanded into it because we do 
have um, often when people come to our warehouse and and I get to meet them and ask them how they're doing if I'm out on the warehouse, they'll ask, well, oh, this is awesome. How did you get into this and how did you get started? So we're starting a new uh, training program where I'm going to get to share my story and guide others on how they can uh, get into the industry and the beauty of it is I get to share all my uh, failures that turned into success stories where they won't have to fail. <laughs> they won't have to lose money like I did. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be able to start out um, in a better position than I did. That is awesome. So at the end of the show, we're gonna ask, I'm going to ask you to tell me where we can find all those details. But before we do that, because we have a, just under three minutes here, we have one more question that I want to get to. Before we leave, Sarah Bonds Harfey is in the comments. Hey, Sarah. She says, love this show. Thank you for all you do in the community. Hope. Oh, thank you, Sarah. You know I'm going to take care of mine. <laughs> I'm going to take care of our people. Uh, it's very important that we get our uh, information and our brands out here to those that need it. So Nisia says, what may be the downside to this industry? What would, uh, what would, the, I'm sorry. What may be the downside to this industry that you would like folks to be aware of? Oh, that's a great question. So if you are a control freak, (laughs) (laughs) if you love to control things, you love to control the outcome of things and you are a planner and you're organized, i.e. you would be Sarita, you would have to be able to accept that you cannot control the unknown and the unknown is very real in this yes. <laughs> it is very real so you have to be able to plan for minimizing risk <laughs> and plan for the what if is the old saying that i was taught if you plan for a rainy day you may never see one well you definitely will know the value of planning for a rainy day in this industry <laughs> Oh my God, I think I broke out into a sweat and hot at the same time when you said that because you cannot plan for those unknowns there. Um, I think that is probably the largest lesson we've learned at HD Dredge and so many other diversifiers learn quickly. Those risks, they are just, you're just in the blind some days. They just come out of the blue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, from, from maintenance, um, contracts with customers falling through, um, issues going on in the ports or the rails, just, you know, accidents. On It's just so many different things that are out there that can, uh, you know, you can't be prepared for. You just got to kind of, you know, work your way through it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Trust me. <laughs> if you <laughs> listen to the next day, you say, you know what? Yesterday is behind me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that, and that is a beautiful uh, affirmation there moving forward. Um, I always say, how do you eat the elephant? <laughs> One bite at a time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Saritha, I have enjoyed this conversation. I can keep talking another 15 minutes. Um, but in the effort of time, I, I appreciate all our viewers here. Can you tell everyone how we can find you? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn at Sarita Willingham or at SJW Logistics on our company page. You can find me on Instagram at SJW Logistics. You can find us on Facebook at SJW Trucking yes. or SJW Logistics. And we also have a SJW Trucking and Deliveries page. Okay. And if I want to find the details in reference to the training that's coming up, which specific site is that? 
Yes, yeah, so we've created a, a site called logisticalmix.com where okay. we're going to uh, start uh, putting all our training that we're we're coming out with on through there where people will be able to go find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we're going to be doing on June July 2nd, mm-hmm. which is a Saturday at 10 a.m., I'm going to be giving a free webinar right. um, just talking about, you know, entry-level stuff and a little bit about my experience, um, background and experience into the logistics industry. So right. We're going to start out with, you know, the, the what I call the entry level to or low cost level to get into the industry and learn more about the industry and dispatching and just expanding from there. So they can go to logisticalmix.com. Awesome. Well, we got all that information down here below for everyone that's watching. Sarita, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good day. You. Well, wasn't that show awesome? Thank you so much to Saritha and the SJW team for letting her come on today. I know she took some time out of her day because she's a busy, busy woman. Thank you to all of the viewers. I appreciate you all so much. Um, you have a fantabulous Friday, and I'll see you next month on No Bullshipping with Hope White. Take care. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. Wow. I always love when Hope is around. She always brings so much energy to any conversation. You can tune in live to her show every fourth Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern, where she delivers the upbeat and uncensored conversation with a new guest each month. If you want to catch up on previous No Bullshipping episodes or any other episodes from Let's Talk Supply Chain, head over to letstalksupplychain.com or you can go to YouTube and search Let's Talk Supply Chain. A huge thanks to both Hope and Sarita for being so open and honest with everyone. Before I send you off, tune into our next episode where we will have a really cool collaborative conversation between Cargo Chief and HubTech and how they're working together to make our supply chain better. And I think you might hear my mantra somewhere in that conversation about collaboration being the future of business. So our podcasts, our shows are here for you to listen and watch, but you can support the show in a few ways and it helps us so much. So go and follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool supply chain gear in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Come back in a few weeks because we are debuting some brand new designs. I'll be sure to let you know when those roll out. And I know it's a little far out, but our new items will be the perfect gift for the holidays or really any time of the year for the supply chain geek in your life. We also have a supply chain dictionary that's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions. You can get that on the shop or you can DM us over on Instagram, talk one, and you can get yours for free. 
Ships is an intelligence marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers, freight forwarders, 3PLs, and NVOCCs. Communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely comparing features, value, and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your freight and cargo shipments. Start your journey on ships. That's S-H-I-P-Z or Z dot com today. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go and rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.